Do you know what your business is worth? Do you really know what it's worth? We are going to talk today about formal business valuations. They typically come in lower than business owners want them to come in at, and it's understandable. There are six methods that you can use to value your business. We're going to talk about each one and the pros and cons, and how choosing the right one for you is both an art and a science. We're going to tie this into our work optional formula that you hear us talk about so much. And our formula is uh, to help business owners make work optional and to make a nice leadership transition for their business. We're going to talk about all these topics and more today on this episode of Let's Make Work Optional. Welcome to this episode of Let's Make Work Optional with True Wealth and Company in Overland Park, Kansas. True Wealth and Company incorporates strategies and products of the super rich to help you reach your financial goals and make work optional. And now, here's Brian Sarf, President and CEO of True Wealth and Company. Welcome to Let's Make Work Optional. I'm Brian Sarf. We're here every Tuesday at 5 a.m., and I hope you are too. You can find the Let's Make Work Optional podcast on iTunes, Anchor.fm, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today, we're going to talk about business valuations and discovering what's your business really worth. How do you figure out what the doggone thing is worth and what's your plan? Well, we're going to walk you through our work optional formula. And joining me today is Brian Paulson. And we're going to visit about exit planning, leadership transition planning, and how all this kind of comes together to help you figure out this massive asset that you've built that is a successful entrepreneur. You want that to fund your retirement. How do you walk through that process and how do you figure out what it's worth and then what's the plan to make that transition? Really important conversations to have. And from our experience, it's not something that you can figure out two or three months before you want to sell it. You got to start a little bit before that a few years in advance to figure out what's the best process to monetize your wealth. And as we call it, how do you turn your business success into personal wealth? Paulson, what have you learned about this as you've been studying the exit planning and talking about business valuation? We always talk about the business's value, but there really are three key components that we find are most important to help a business owner transition. Because ultimately, like you hear us talk about all the time, we're working with people that are really looking to make work optional. It's not a matter of, I want to retire and be done. So how do we make this transition not only so that you've got the value of the business that you need in order to retire the way you want to, but also what do you want to do afterwards? So step one is to the point of what you just talked about in the lead-in. What's the value of the business? Step two is what do I need, knowing my goals, both professionally and personally, what do I need in order to accomplish that and what gaps might I have? How can I grow the value of the business so that I can bridge that gap? And the last is what do I want to do? What's next? I've got a good friend whose what's next was he sold his business off to his top employee and his son, and now he's basically an employee of the business, and he's putting hours in there. Others want to spend some time in the business but transition to charitable organizations. But knowing how to take that entrepreneurial passion that doesn't just go away because you've sold your business and apply it so that you stay young and vibrant is a key component for a good exit strategy. So I want to talk about the first part of business valuations and some interesting statistics that I read through and have seen here from AES Nation. They talked to 208 entrepreneurs who had said they want to sell their business and they're, they're ready to sell it and they're ready to step out. They interviewed all 208 of them. 70% had had a business valuation in the past three years. 
And what they found was that almost all of them, 85%, said that the valuation came back much lower than expected and really was surprising to them that it wasn't worth more. Now, it's hard when you're getting ready to step out of a business and sell it soon. You just can't decide that you want to get more for your business then and work on it. There are a lot of factors. For example, if all of the decisions have to go through you and your company, then with you being the center of everything in your company, if you're gone and you step out, who fills that role? Do clients stay? Do employees stay? Does your business keep running? Because you are the center of, of everything. If you're the only salesperson in your company or you're, you're driving all, the, all of the sales, that can be a big factor because will the clients stick around afterwards once you've made the transition? And you really have to look at how involved you are day-to-day in the business and when you're getting ready to step in for making that leadership transition, to drive that value up a little bit is to start grooming that next person to purchase it or stick around after the sale or whatever it might be to bring confidence to the process that that valuation is going to stick. But out of the gate, 85% of entrepreneurs felt their business was worth less than they thought it was. And that's a big deal when you're looking at it that here's all this money that's going to come out of my company. I'm, I'm expecting this to pay for my retirement. And I can ride off into the sunset and make work optional or retire if I want to. And if it comes in under what you think it's worth and you find out at the end, then it becomes even, it's already hard enough to sell a business as a business owner. And then when you think you're selling it, that it's worth a lot, you're, you're not getting what you think it's worth, then it's even harder to agree to walk through with that sale. And just to correct, I know what you were thinking. What you said was 85% found out that the value was higher. It's uh, 85% had this thought in their mind that this is what it's worth. And when they went to market, it was really worth less than that. Yes. And in some cases, significantly less. Mm -hmm. The unfortunate part of that, the reason that happens a lot of times is because you're giving this thought three months before you want out. Common reasons that companies sell and business owners are selling at the will of the market rather than when they want to get out is get an illness, divorce, disagreement with partners. We shouldn't be looking at exit planning as something you do when you are three years away from retiring. Exit planning is good business strategy. What are the things that I'm doing today to make my business more valuable? And what is the thought process I've got of when I would like to get out and how I would like to transition so that I can transition on my terms? So when we look at formal valuations, they're purely just a starting point. That's not what your company is going to sell for. There are multiple ways to value a company, to position it, but it's just a good starting point to begin negotiations. Now, there are different camps. There are camps that you're going to post what you want for your business to the outside world and let people bid. You may decide to sell internally to a family member. You may decide to sell internally to an employee. And what I've seen in the past, well, there's a fourth way. You can just walk away from the doggone thing and just close up shop and say, I'm done and I'm out of here. I'm probably guessing that it's more common than it should be of somebody just walking away and just closing up shop and saying, I'm done. Or they pass away. They don't know what the plan is and the business just falters because there wasn't a plan. Mm-hmm. But I think the, uh, you know, the, the two that are often talked about is passing a business to kids or selling internally. And usually what, I, what we end up finding out is that the kids don't have the money to buy the business and they they need to rely on mom or dad to foot the cash because the kids can't go get the loan. They have to have collateral from the parents to do it. Or if you're going to sell to employees, a lot of times the employees don't have enough wealth to purchase the business from you and you've either got to help collateralize the loan or you provide the financing to buy it out. And uh, that's something that you have to consider. Certainly going to the outside, selling to a third party, 
has its pros and cons. It can deliver you a lot more value, but there's a lot more uncertainty then for your employees and your clients that if you're leaving and somebody else is coming in, how do you walk through that? And that's where you have some great investment bankers and mergers and acquisitions folks that do this for a living that you want to bring them out on the table for making sure that you're getting the most money from it. One of the other strategies they've heard is, and this is phenomenal business negotiation, is not stating a price, but just finding offers in the marketplace for what you have, having everybody submit bids, having a professional investment banker work with those companies that are making bids and then see if they can't get that thing up to a heck of a lot higher multiple so that you get paid what you're worth and you get, or sometimes you get paid a heck of a lot more by going through that process. Yeah, it's the same process we go through in buying a car. Mm -hmm. You're better off going in and telling the car dealer what you're willing to pay or waiting to see what they're willing to offer. I've seen some of these valuations where business owners think their business is worth a couple of million, $3 million, and they get an offer for you know, $10 million or $12 million because the person buying it is looking at it for a different reason than how the business owner sees it. Right. And you get a phenomenal upside. That happens very rarely. But it does happen for, especially in software, especially in, in medical products and technology right now, those are hot. Renewable energy is going to be a hot area. And if you can have ideas in, the, in those areas and you have a business in those areas, people are willing to pay some ridiculous multiples to get their hands on your company. Well, and the, that goes into why businesses sell for less than they're worth, because you've got a personal attachment to this business and you feel that, it, that it's the feelings, the emotions and the extent to which you can find out what are the values that the person buying it has for the business. Number one, having a good valuation that set level sets your expectations, mm -hmm. but then throwing it out there. If somebody's trying to get a product to market that's time sensitive and you have something already that helps them get to that point, who knows what multiple they're going to give you. Absolutely. Value acceleration is important in that aspect for a lot of businesses out there today that really have something very unique for the marketplace. And mm -hmm. that's where your serial entrepreneurs come in, where they're buying and selling businesses on a regular basis to drive those valuations up and really bringing great ideas and solutions to market. The one question that you get a lot as well is, what's the right time to transition? And there really isn't a right time, but it's important to understand what drives, the, there's three aspects of what really drives the value or up or down. Mm -hmm. And they're basically owner impacts, business impacts, and market impacts. We'll just talk through a couple of them, you know, owner impacts. What's your energy level? What's your passion? You know, mm -hmm. do you burn out? Do you burn the candle at both ends and all of a sudden you're just done? Mm -hmm. Being an owner is a marathon, not a sprint. Your age, your health, Business impacts are the growth stage that you're in. Are, you know, if you are to the point of the software companies, the medical product companies, if you're on the front end of the growth stage, that's a great point to be at a multiple. But if you ride through to the back end of it, now what once was a great value, if you're in a mature market, so there's business impacts that drive it. And then you've got market trends. So what's the strength of the economy? If the economy is in a bad state, or something happens with taxes or, or with governance by the government. Those have impacts on it that are out of our control. So there isn't a right time for transition. The way we get to a right timing for transition for you is, what's your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? So our work optional formula is where we begin with three components. It's business planning, the business monetization, and then this leadership transition piece. So first part is, getting evaluation, figuring out where the starting point is. Then the second part of that is, 
how do we drive the value of that business up? Are there low-hanging fruits on the tree that we can hop on and grab those and, and drive valuation up? And then what are the other options that we have at our disposal for increasing the value of that business? And it's not always just doubling sales. You have to look at bottom line profits, and then you have to look at these other impacts of the owner that will affect that valuation. The second then is when we look at business monetization, is what's the plan that that business owner is going to follow along the way to decide when and how to make that decision. And then the third is the leadership transition of what's your involvement going to be afterwards? Are you going to work 20 hours a week, work 30 hours a week? Are you going to step out of the leadership role, the CEO role, and manage employees to grow? Are you going to work in the technical side where you're writing the software, making the products, doing the work in the field for the clients? And it's in the area that you get the most joy out of when you first started working that now, later on in your career, you can go back to doing what you absolutely love to do and can work that plan and that leadership transition plan. And that's how you make work optional. That's how you step into that as a business owner is taking a long-term approach, putting a team together, getting your CPAs, accountants, your CFOs, attorneys, and everybody together with your advisor. And sometimes a business consultant needs to come in as well, put that whole plan in place and get it going to drive that valuation up. And you can see through a great process how you can get that valuation moving quarter after quarter in the right direction to increase the amount of money you're going to get for it. Well, and like we talked about, exit planning and, and leadership transition doesn't mean that you're selling the business. You could be doing that because you're losing the passion for what you loved. So how do I reinvigorate things? What if you hate operations and now you're a big company? Why not bring on a COO? If you don't want to be the CEO of the company, just because you're not the CEO doesn't mean you're the owner. But where your value accelerating is, you're now delegating things off. And now it's not all about you. Put yourself in the shoes of the buyer. If you're assessing whether or not you wanted to buy a company, do you want to buy a company where there's a strong leadership team there that has all the relationships, well-defined processes, good technology that makes them efficient? Or do you want to buy a shop from somebody that does everything themselves? Mm -hmm. Well, certainly you want the former. Right. It's worth a lot more, and you're going to pay a lot more for that. But you have a better repeatable process, mm -hmm. and you're going to have less disruptions in that business when it changes hands, when the owner isn't doing all the work every day. And that's yep. a hard transition for a business owner to go through. I mean, Michael Gerber talks about it. I love the book, The E-Myth. If you're a business owner, you've never read The E-Myth, stop right now, turn off this podcast and go buy the doggone thing and go read it because it has so many incredible points inside of that book that will help you look at your business from a completely different level. And the basic lesson is there's three things in business. You can be the manager, you can be the visionary, and you can be the technician. You can't be all three. If you try and be all three, you will limit the growth of your company. And you have to figure out, as an owner, do I want to be the technician? Do I want to do the work with the clients every day? Do I want to manage the people? Or do I want to be the visionary leading the company? Pick one of those roles, delegate the other two, then your business will grow and compound and will fly off the shelves. But if you stay in the role of having all three of those, you're responsible for all of those, you will limit the growth of your company and you'll hold it back. And that's the biggest lesson to learn from Michael Gerber. And the rest of the book is walking through how do you choose which one? What are the pros and cons of those? And it really comes down to your unique ability of what are you best at? What are you the greatest at, the greatest value for your company that gives you the most joy? We're talking about exit planning, but one of our good friends who's been on the show before, Sean Kincaid, business coach, you know, this is stuff that he talks to business owners about all the time. 
you're not thinking about exiting. It's just my company's hit a plateau. How do I get it to the next level? Mm-hmm. This is just good business strategy. It is. And, and you may have that in the work optional formula that, yeah, work optional is down the road. Then you start in business planning and business planning could take decades to get through. And then business monetization is next. And then the leadership transition comes in down the road. It doesn't all have to be that I want to get out now. It's that I know that this business can do more and I want it to do better. And so what do I do? And that's where we come in to have an initial conversation with a business owner, learn where they're at, learn where they're struggling, see where they're not happy, and then look at what's the starting point and where are we at? Are we in business planning? Are we in monetization? Are we in leadership transition? Figuring out where we're at in that formula and then putting a process in place and then bringing the phenomenal team of professionals that we have here in Kansas City that can step up to the plate and help you through each of those parts of that plan. And we stay on as a quarterback with you to make sure it gets implemented and followed up on so that you can see your business valuation grow. And most importantly, that you're happier as a business owner, that you're getting more juice out of life. You're finding it a lot more fun like it was in the beginning. And maybe that gives you another 10 years in the business or you realize, hey, I do want to get out of this and I want to do something else or I want to step back. Whatever it might be, you'll discover that in in our process. And then we're able to put a, a customized plan for you in place to help you walk through that system. Either revelation puts you in charge of your exit. And that's the most important thing. If you wait too long and do this, man, there's some huge mistakes you can make with your business where you're forced out too quickly. People are, are, are taking advantage of you because you don't have your plan in place. You don't have your procedures and your processes in place. You don't bring in an attorney to drop the deal and you try and do it yourself. Just a lot of ways that we've seen business owners really, really make some huge mistakes that can be very much avoided by planning years in advance and bringing a team in to help you drive the valuation of that business. And you need everybody in the, on your team helping you drive that value higher. And the planning needs to tie in both the goals of the business and the goals of your family. It can't be just focused on the business only. Absolutely. Last thing here, we, we said we would talk to you about the ways that our businesses are valued. There are six common ways of how they're valued. So number one, it's the market value. So this is how does your business price in comparison to other businesses like yours? And there's comparative data. So you have to be in a business that can readily be compared to other businesses. You know, if you own an orthodontist office, a lot of orthodontists out there in the country, you can value that business. You have, you know, a startup tech firm with a new technology that's never existed before. You're not going to be able to use this because we kind of get an idea of the industry, but we don't know specifically with your product how that's going to work. Now, you have an asset-based company valuation that's simply what are the assets minus what are the liabilities, and that's your book value. And so that can give you a value as well. The ROI, uh, company valuation, is that what's the return on investment that the buyer is going to earn out of that business? And so we're going to look at how long is it going to be until I get my money back? What's going to be the total payout from that investment? What other opportunities would provide a better ROI for me? And how do I use that in my favor as a buyer to value the company, what I'm willing to pay for it? There's a complicated one called discounted cash flow. So it looks at how much money is going to come in every year forward, maybe for a five or 10 year period. And then they discount those future amounts to present value. So if a $100,000 payment 10 years from now may equal 10,000 or 20,000 here, but it depends on what multiple did you use for growth. And that's where you get a lot of argument of, you know, you as a seller want a higher multiple and the buyer wants a lower multiple. And just like anything, it all comes to negotiation. Multiples of earnings, so you can look at your current revenues and multiply it by a certain number. 
So maybe it's three and a half times earnings, maybe it's two and a half times, maybe it's 20 times earnings, and just look at that net um, earnings number and drive it off of that. Pretty common for a service-based business. Very much so. Yeah, when you don't have assets in a product mm-hmm. and you don't have a patent, then you have recurring revenue. That's our, our business is typically on multiple of earnings is how uh, you would look at a financial advisory firm because I don't make a physical product. I don't have a manufacturing facility. I don't have inventory. Money comes in, you have overhead, and that's it, and you drive your profit. There aren't a lot of other factors in a service-based business. It's all about the relationship that you have. And then there's a capitalization of earnings that looks at your cash flows and your annual ROI, and it's just a valuation method that's just a snapshot of the business and a snapshot of working with your CPA and working with your financial advisor and that of taking into account the ROI and the account cash flows to come together to figure out a capitalization of earnings methodology for generating that. One of the services that we use is BizEquity, and BizEquity provides six valuations for your company. One that's most recommended, that's usually the one that's that's used in your industry. They've valued 40,000 plus businesses, and we have the ability to use their service and work along with you and with your CPA and with your attorney to help you get a baseline value for your company. And it's a phenomenal process, something we'd be happy to help you with if that's something you'd like to do is to get a business valuation done. You can email me at brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at retirewithtrue.com. That's brian at retirewithtrue.com. Or call Stephen at 913-653-8783 to learn more about the business valuation process that we have and how we can help you and your team figure out What's the starting point of what's that sucker worth, and where do we go from there in the long term? And the biggest argument you always hear about getting a business valuation, it costs a ton and it takes all kinds of time. And the biz equity approach, it's been vetted against all the other solutions that are out there for valuing businesses, and it's compared mm-hmm. very well. It is geared towards being a quick turnaround. It certainly takes the business owner's input, but it's not a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And it's not a lot of money. And it gives you the ability that once the valuation's done, you can go back again and again and update your valuation and see how your value is changing. You can also do some what-if scenarios of what if I double sales? What if I reduce my, I get my inventory turns up? What if I am not the center of the company and I'm able to, to delegate some items out of there? You can go through that and change it and look at some what-if scenarios and say, wow, I had no idea that doing that would drive my valuation up that much. That's easy to do. Let's just get it done. That's how we move to value acceleration. That's what you want. You want to get through that. Any closing thoughts, Brian? Closing thought for me, if you're looking to protect your family and you're looking to protect your business, you're looking to reduce stress of your employees, exit planning, valuing the business is step one. It is. Once we get it valued, then we can follow our work optional formula to build that plan of the business planning, the business monetization, and the leadership transition piece as we put together that plan to get to work optional at some point. Because that's what we all want, is work optional, where you're going to work because you want to. You're going to work because you love the people that that you work with, you love your clients, you love the industry you're in, you love the excitement, and you love the purpose it gives you. That's work optional, and that's what we want to get to. It's a great position of strength that all of us want to achieve so that you work because you love it. And when you you come to the day where you don't, you say, you know what, I'm finished, I got the money, I'm out of here, I'm going to go do something else. And then work is uh, no longer optional. You can fully retire. Ryan, don't you wish you worked with people you liked working with? Yeah, I know. I got to come <laughs> and see you guys every day. <laughs> That's 100% true. Yeah. I do love who I work with. I love the clients we serve. 
love our strat partners that we have. It's so much fun to work with them and their clients. Well, thank you for listening to Let's Make Work Optional from True Wealth and Company. I'm your host, Brian Sarf, and with me this week has been Brian Paulson. We'll be back next Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. Be sure to spread the word about our podcast to your friends and family, and don't keep us a secret. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, connect with us on LinkedIn, and don't ever forget, invest wisely, save early, give generously. Let's make work optional. You've been listening to Let's Make Work Optional from True Wealth & Company. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com or call 913-653-TRUE. That's 913-653-8783. All matters discussed during this program are for informational purposes only. This podcast in no way shall be construed as a solicitation to sell securities or advisory services to residents in any other state than Kansas or were otherwise prohibited. Topics should be discussed with your advisor prior to implementation. Advisory and insurance services offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas.
You've been listening to Let's Make Work Optional from True Wealth and Company. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com or call 913-653-TRUE. That's 913-653-8783. All matters discussed during this program are for informational purposes only. This podcast in no way shall be construed as a solicitation to sell securities or advisory services to residents in any other state than Kansas or were otherwise prohibited. Topics should be discussed with your advisor prior to implementation. Advisory and insurance services offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas.